Welcome back to another episode of the John Barker Fitness Podcast. I'm extremely excited about today's guest because she is from Australia, now living in Bermuda. She works full-time and has participated in over 30 fitness competitions in her life. She's incredibly inspiring and now sharing her knowledge as an online coach. Welcome to the show, Nicole Toby. Thanks a lot, Nicole, for coming on with me today. I want to go ahead and just get started a little bit with an intro. So if you'll go ahead and just kind of share with us who you are, maybe what you do, whether that's a full-time job somewhere, fitness, just kind of a little bit about yourself to kind of introduce you. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. And good morning, afternoon, good evening, wherever your um, audience happens to be. My name is Nicole Tovey. I live in Bermuda, but I'm originally from Australia, born and raised. I grew up in Adelaide, if anybody is familiar with the Australian cities. I'm a partner of a global offshore law law firm here in Bermuda. So I've been living here for about 11 and a half years now, and I practice in commercial litigation. So yeah, I've been doing that for about 20 years now. But I grew up as a dancer, born and raised in Adelaide, born in Sydney, raised in Adelaide, did ballet, modern dance, tap dance since I was about three years old, did that for about 20 years until I started working and couldn't really make it to class anymore. So I've always been active, but at that time I sort of turned to the gym and uh, became a bit of a cardio bunny and did all the Les Mills classes and, um, you know, quite enjoyed the body pump. I thought I was doing great when I was lifting 10 kilos, which is quite a change from how things have turned out now. But, um, you know, long before the advent of social media and online training, I actually, when I just started working, I was probably about 24 years old, I took a course to become a personal trainer, but I never finished it. Um, That was probably about 18 years ago now. And, you know, it was always passionate about health and fitness and helping people to achieve their goals. I think it was somewhat in the blood. My mom was was an aerobics instructor when I was little growing up and Then she and my stepdad turned to the gym as well and started lifting weights. So I'd always sort of seen it growing up and always been fascinated by it. But, you know, I I never completed those certifications because I guess I was scared. You know, I'd just finished law school. I'd spent six years in uni. I just started working. I just got a first mortgage. I had no idea how to make a living as a personal trainer. I thought, I'm going to end up broke in the street. And, uh, you know, I was worried, I was, I was worried about what people would think of me too. You know, if I tossed in six years of education and, um, you know, a, an aspiring law, law career and to become a personal trainer. And yeah, so I never completed those final exams and settled into the corporate world. Around 2004, I moved up to Queensland and I had the opportunity to go traveling. I went backpacking around Europe for about four months in 2006 and realized at that point that I really wanted to live overseas and I wanted to travel the world a little bit more and see more places and Australia just being so far away from anywhere else on the planet pretty much and so expensive (laughs) to to fly anywhere, to go on holidays, you know, I just thought, well, the best thing is to go and live somewhere else. So my intention actually at the time was to go to London. Uh, it's pretty common for Australians to go and work and, in London. Um, but I left right at the beginning of financial crisis. And so work was a little hard to come by. Somehow I landed in Bermuda fortuitous because 11 years later, I'm still here and I'm 
but yeah, going into sort of fast forward to, I, I moved to Bermuda in 2008 and uh, I got heavily involved in salsa dancing, dancing being my background. I just love it. So I started taking salsa lessons here. I was performing salsa around the island. I had opportunities to go and perform overseas. It was fantastic. And then uh, my dance partner incidentally just introduced me to a coach in the gym one day who convinced me that I had a good shape to try a bodybuilding competition. And me being me, I thought, what the heck, I'll give it a crack. Let me just give this a shot. I've never done anything like this before. Um, and I was 35 years old then. So at that stage, I picked up a heavy weight for the first time and started my, what has now turned into uh, a, probably an obsession, passion, <laughs> I'd say, with bodybuilding, <laughs> health and fitness. Um, so my first competition was in 2012, and I did it in the fitness category. So that I could meld my dance background with the bodybuilding side of things because with a with a fitness competition you have to do one of the components is a routine to music it's a 90 second routine with some compulsory moves uh, so I thought it was a great a great mesh for my dance background and the bodybuilding side of things I competed in that category for three years had the opportunity to represent Bermuda a few times which was really exciting great opportunities got to travel down to regional competitions in the Caribbean gosh I started gymnastics classes as well at that time for the for the first time ever gymnastics very different from dancing kudos to all the gymnasts out there that stuff is hard <laughs> and it is hard at 35 years old too so I was doing I was doing two or three private classes a week I mean when I started doing fitness competitions I couldn't even hold a handstand so yeah that was that was an interesting time, uh, very busy, very tiring, but so rewarding. So, and then at about 38 years old, 2015, I came to my senses and realized that this fitness geek was just way too hard on my body. And I switched to the bikini, <laughs> bikini competition where I didn't have to do a, where I didn't have to do a routine. So I've been competing in that division ever since. And, you know, had the opportunity still in that to travel the world. I've probably done about 30 competitions generally placing top five in amateur divisions in amongst all of that I've went and did my certifications again and uh, you know this year in April I got some business mentors invested in myself and started my online coaching business so 18 years in the making from when I first had intended to leave the corporate world and do this I have finally started my business as well so that's me <laughs> Great introduction. And I like that because you actually, you went through literally my whole thought process of what I was really hoping to get out about your story because everybody's in a different place. And I, I like how you went from starting with a certain aspect of your life when, you know, you grew up as a dancer, which is really cool because my, my wife is actually, uh, she grew up as a dancer as well um, throughout All high right. school and whatnot. So that's kind of a, a fun thing. Your experience of finding what you really want in life, traveling, going around the world, backpacking, and ultimately finding that, you know, you wanted to change from weights to, from cardio to more weights focused, right? And then adding gymnastics. And so it's a really <laughs> interesting transition. And I like hearing that. Now, you mentioned that your parents had a pretty big influence when it came to fitness on you. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So um, my mom was an aerobics instructor when I was really little, probably. Oh gosh, I remember going and joining in her classes when I was probably about eight years old and had the very sexy 
long leg warmers and the leotard and the little belts that we used to wear in the 80s <laughs> just joining in the classes with all of the ladies in in her aerobics classes and so you know I used to sort of have to go um go along with her after school or whatever you know just and she was working sort of uh, weird hours so I would often tag along and join in on the classes which was great and then both my parents sort of got into the weightlifting side as well so again that was still when I was quite young but uh you know something that I certainly saw both of their bodies develop you know my mom especially you know starting to grow some muscle and you know looking getting out of that aerobics sort of um genre of that era I suppose and then into a little bit of bodybuilding um herself so I guess I've always been in a fit family it's always been the influence has always been there uh, to be active and involved in some level of activity and fitness. And that's awesome. And I don't think a lot of mm. people have that same influence with their parents. I, my, my parents have always encouraged me when I was younger to go and, uh, you know, be outside, be active. But I, I don't particularly remember fitness and whether it was weightlifting or certain sports uh, being a huge thing that my parents kind of um, were into. Now, that doesn't mean they didn't like those things, but I, I think it's important that people can try to find that sort of motivation for them and maybe find someone to look up to, because I imagine that had a huge role with your parents being that influence in your life. Yeah, I think it did, for sure. And, you know, my mom still gets up at the crack of dawn and goes for a walk every morning, and, you know, it's just still there. I don't think it, I don't think it ever goes away once you get used to it and it becomes a habit it's just part of your life. Yeah, I think once something becomes a part of your life like that, it's it's hard to shake it. It's it's interesting because it, I think fitness, well, and I'm a lot younger than my parents, obviously, but fitness is one of those things where it's just kind of a little more natural for me. And, and sometimes when I get out of my routine, I, I find it easier to get back in once I've been gone. And and just like you're saying with your mom, that you know she'll go out and walk in the mornings, and it's something that just becomes a part of you. And I think that's really powerful when it comes to trying to reach our goals. Yeah, definitely. Um... Definitely. It's something that I, I talk a lot about is that, you know, just creating these habits that eventually, as you say, become part of your life. It's just having the the motivation to start with that then turns into a habit that then creates some discipline um, because that's what's really going to drive you in the end, whether it's in any aspect of your life, really. I mean, let's face it, if we're looking at a career goal or, you know, you're starting a business or whether it's uh, a health and fitness goal, everybody starts off motivated. We all start off with grand aspirations of what we're going to do. And when the mood goes, <laughs> it's difficult to keep that going. It's hard. It's hard with any of it to keep that sort of motivation going. Um, motivation eventually dies. So if you can create a habit, make these little daily tasks part of your life, you end up in a space that is disciplined rather than motivation. So you'll still go and do it even when you don't feel like it. And it is part of your life then and you just get it done. So I want to go into that a little bit more, but first I, I wanted to ask you with this story that you've told of going from, you know, your earlier years to where you are now, what would be one of the biggest challenges for you along that journey and how did you overcome it? Probably one of the biggest challenges I think that sticks out and it's not too it wasn't too long ago. It was, there was a period of time, um, I mentioned that, you know, I've been competing for quite a few years now. There was a period of about three years straight, uh, probably around 2015, 16 through to 17-ish, that 
I competed year round. I didn't give my body a break. Um, I was obsessed with getting my pro card. So for, I do, um, if anybody is familiar with it, uh, IFBB competitions. So I compete in bikini division of the amateur league and uh, I was doing quite well. I was almost at my pro card. And so that mentality was just one more competition, just one more competition. That will be my time. And it just kept on going for three years straight. Now, being in that sort of an extreme of a diet, which is necessary to get into that shape to be on stage, uh, was very unhealthy, <laughs> to put it at the mildest. My, I mean, my hair started to fall out. I had thyroid issues. I didn't have my cycle for months on end. I had a terrible relationship with food. I didn't know what or how to be a normal human being when I came out of this phase in terms of what to eat, like what do people do? How do we socialize? I had pulled myself out of a lot of social situations because I had so much anxiety around food and around um, drinking social situations where, you know, God forbid if I had to stay up past 10 o'clock because I'd be hungry again and I'd eaten all my food for the day. So <laughs> I just didn't want, I didn't want to be there. You know, I'm, I need to go to sleep so that I can ignore my stomach. And, you know, it's not a healthy place to be. And I was really not a very fun person <laughs> to be around. So, you know, that, that was, um that was tough to actually realize that I needed to, not let my dream go because I still have that aspiration, but to take a step back from it and realize that I needed to look after myself first and foremost. And, you know, from that, take a break from competing, um, schedule my competitions and just really learn how to rebuild my relationship with food such that I didn't have these anxieties and, um, you know, I wasn't, obsessed with the scale and knew how to function as a normal human being, get back into social life and, and all of that. So that's honestly, and I see not to this extreme necessarily with people, but people who um, get in a cycle of, you know, some sort of extreme dieting when they're on their way to their fitness goals, which I think is unfortunate when they're going to extremes and uh, experiencing on some level, some of the things that I went through and they don't know what to do afterwards. And so that is a challenge to, to really learn to recreate some habits and, you know, learn that it doesn't have to be that way that you can actually have a sustainable lifestyle. You can function as a normal human being. You can actually be happy <laughs> and still reach your goals. So that I think is an ongoing learning experience, I think for me. So I feel like there's I feel there's a lot of similarities with that experience and others in the uh, competing area. Now I don't know if that may be more with women than men or if it's sort of equal, but how did you really rebuild that relationship with with food? Because that's something that's really hard. That's a big mental aspect. Yeah, yeah, and you know what I see, you know, I'll air quote the term <laughs> regular human beings. <laughs> we all. A lot of people experience it. You don't have to just be a competitor to have gone through this. That was that was my experience and how it sort of happened with me because of my competing and because of the extreme extent that I took it to. But it, you know, it happens a lot with people who 
go into a diet phase trying to lose, I don't know, 15, 20 pounds, but they're so restricted either in foods or with calories or um, taking certain foods out of their diet or they've got extreme exercise regimes. And, you know, when they come out of the other side of these things, they don't know what to do because there's been no education. They've not been given the tools to sort of implement a healthy sustainable lifestyle going forward in which they can you know keep the benefits of all of their hard work because a lot of the things that we do certainly in my experience getting onto stage it's not sustainable it's not realistic you can't keep this stuff up forever uh, because there's so much restriction and it's just not real life the kids might have a play date you don't have your food with you you don't you know something comes up at work you forgot your to bring your packaged food to you know the food that you made to take to lunch today. You forgot, or what do you do? Do you not eat? You know, I don't know what to do if I don't follow this plan, the meal plan that I've been given. What do I do outside of that? And life happens. You know, learning to get there in a different way that doesn't involve that kind of restriction is really hard. And so, getting back getting back to your question because I've digressed a little bit, but. Um, you know, trying to rebuild that relationship with food. So when I was competing, I was on a restricted meal plan and I didn't sway from that for months on end. And even when I was off competing, I didn't really know what to do or how normal people ate afterwards either because I've been so restricted for so long. So for me, it was about educating myself. And I think that's really what it has to come down to, taking responsibility for where I was, recognizing that it was not a healthy place to be in, and really starting to recognize the triggers for my anxiety around food. For example, if I was going to be out in a social situation, not knowing what food was going to be there, not feeling like I had to take my food with me <laughs> or eat beforehand to, to make sure that I could control that situation. I had to learn to let go of that a little bit and, and educate myself enough to realize one meal is not going to make or break me. One meal is not going to make me fat. Just like one gym session is not going to get you in shape. One salad is not going to make you healthy. That you just have to educate yourself. And by that, for me, ended up being learning how to flexible diet and learning how to bring in regular foods that weren't restricted to you know bodybuilding diet of chicken and fish and rice and sweet potato so that I could learn to incorporate other foods in my life without feeling that anxiety and I think you know it like I said it's an ongoing journey I think uh, and it just came back down to education and taking responsibility for myself and where I was and learning what works for my body. I like that you bring the education fact into there because a lot of people I feel try to find these tips or tricks or tools or or hacks that help them to get back into where they need to be, whether it's with food or any other aspect of their life. And I, I think education is really powerful. And that's not to say that, you know, they go back to school, but I think like what you're getting at is, is really that they give themselves the knowledge to be able to mm -hmm. figure out what's going to work best for them in their current lifestyle and their current situation. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's, I think it does come down to just, there's so much, there is so much informa information available to us these days and so many options for health and fitness and to reach your goals. Now, whether that's, you know, fat loss or 
maintaining or just general health goals or gaining muscle there's so much available to us which is great but there's also so much misinformation and there's so much extreme which sort of you know for from my perspective can tend to cash in on and target our tendency these days for wanting immediate gratification quick results and so you know these extreme processes are put into place and extreme programs extreme diets that aren't realistic and I think you know in amongst all of that information you really have to sift out and educate yourself with what's available there that is realistic and is sustainable and that suits your lifestyle and also appreciate that this is a journey there's no right or wrong answer for you necessarily it's your health and fitness is here for life it's a journey that needs and demands patience and consistency and I think that has to come into it as well I think that's really true that there's a lot of a lot of moving parts and I think that if people mm. can just kind of capture each of those and, and not to take all of that on at once but just kind of capture that then that'll help each of us be able to succeed now you've been able to do that with your you know busy life being you know a full-time uh, businesswoman uh, in the law field I mean that's I've, I'm not in that industry but I, I know that there's a lot of you know time constraints that go on with the different things you have to do with that job so one of the things you talk about yeah. on your Instagram is that you help busy career women, um, and I, I believe that will tie over into men as well, to be able to <laughs> live better lives and, and achieve the fitness goals they want, whether that's just to be healthier or whatnot. So explain mm -hmm. a little bit about your philosophies about really overcoming that busy lifestyle or working within that busy lifestyle. Yeah, and I think <laughs> I think the second thing that you said probably hits it more accurately is working within that busy lifestyle. I don't think that we can necessarily overcome it whether we're you know professionals uh you know parents uh run our own business we all have the same amount of time in a day and I think it's more about working efficiently um you know balance is something that it's a nice word <laughs> sometimes <laughs> sometimes I think it's not necessarily possible I know I still struggle with it it's something that I'm absolutely still working on um but it's, it's really about a little bit about cutting yourself some slack, a little bit about going back to that patience that I was talking about, um, a little bit about not expecting unrealistic results and punishing yourself when you don't get to that goal in record speed because it's not realistic. We have to work with what we're given. And I think, you know, for me, it's um, that's been a lot of my learning is that we just have to do what we can and accept what we can do. And then on the flip side of that, when I go back to balance, you know, I think at some, at some points in our life, whether it's we've got a very demanding period of time at work or we really, really, really want to just go for this fitness goal or we're starting a business, I think there are certain periods of time where you have to be all in or all out and sometimes balance is just not going to be there and that's okay you know I'm probably going against the grain saying this but I think it's more realistic than saying we all should aim for balance because I just don't think we can sometimes <laughs> but um you know it's about 
managing those periods of time and accepting that there are things during those periods of time that are going to fall by the wayside that maybe don't take priority. And it's about prioritizing those things during the period of time that matter most to you and working with the time that you have to reach those things. So that's sort of, I guess, my philosophy on, you know, managing ourselves within the time of a busy career. You know, I mean, I get up at 5 a.m. I'm in a prep at the moment, so I'm sort of transitioning still. You know, it's one of my challenges at the moment, transitioning between being a competitor and a coach because I'm sort of one foot out the door of competing and two feet in with become, you know, building my business and becoming a coach. And it's difficult in terms of time. You know, my day starts at five. I get up, I go do my cardio. I come back. I have to cook you know, my food for the day because I'm in prep. It has to be very precise. I go to work all day. I come back. I usually train again at nighttime because I'll do my weight training then. And I work on my business. Now, I'm not sleeping much at the moment, so I'm not (laughs) sure that you would call that balance. (laughs) But, you know, it's what has to be done to achieve the goals that I want to achieve. So would you consider yourself with with all that going on, would you consider yourself to be happy with where you're at? Oh, absolutely. Um, But I think, you know, that also you know, that's a really good point. You have to, you have to assess your happiness level with all of that too. What's making you happy is the goals that you're chasing going to make you happy and is your procedure to get that making you happy? Um, Because, you know, your journey, I mean, this journey, it it can either be miserable or it can be happy. (laughs) My goal is to help people make it happy and to set realistic expectations and to guide them along the way and to you know, I help a lot of my clients with time management. We figure out where they can chop and change a little bit of time to fit in what they want. I have some some clients who I think fit in more than what I do in my life and it just boggles my mind, but they manage to get through it and we work through that together. And then, but it may be that, you know, I have a client, for example, who is really keen to be getting back into um, performance dancing salsa. It's a salsa friend of mine. And so she recognizes that perhaps her weight loss might take a little bit longer than she initially might have thought. We've talked through that. You've just got to, that's her priority right now. She wants to dance. So, okay, the, you know, the scale or the the weight loss goal that you have might just take a little bit longer, but that's okay because you have realistic expectations set. Now we can make that journey incredibly miserable (laughs) and bring that weight loss goal right up um, you know, and very swiftly, but, you know, she's already been in the program. She came to me out of a program where it was all or nothing and extreme diet and she was miserable. So happiness absolutely comes into it. Yeah. And I think that's one of the biggest measures of whether or not we're really doing the right thing, because you can try to find this quote unquote balance between work and personal life or business and whatnot. But I think that when it comes down to it, you said you don't sleep a whole lot right now. And, (laughs) you know, some people might just dread that and might make them miserable, but you're able to find the happiness because of the other things you're doing. So I think that ultimately when people have these busy lives, it comes down to, well, you know, at the end of the day, when you, you know, put your head on the pillow or in the morning when you wake up, like, how are you feeling? How do you feel about yourself? And I think Mm. that's really the biggest answer. Yeah, absolutely. And it does take a little self-reflection to get to that stage as well. And, um, yeah, it's 
it's learning to prioritize what is best for you, your family as well. Obviously, you know, that has to come into it. What sort of level of dis- of support do you have for the things that you're trying to achieve at home? And, you know, when I talked before about balance and, you know, you're either, sometimes you have to be all in or all out. Does everybody around you also support that? Because that can be, um, quite challenging or it can make that whole journey very easy for you as well but everybody needs to be on board um I think because it impacts their daily lives as well so if you're a parent or have a significant other you know having that support at home um is going to contribute to you reaching your goals but also that level of happiness and working out what works for not only yourself but your whole family unit yeah there's it's a huge impact on everyone and, and everyone's involved too right the people you live with your friends like you even yeah. mentioned that your social life had changed when you were going through certain phases and mm-hmm. it's just interesting how everything ties together and i know we've talked about a lot here and we're probably going to end up repeating a little bit here but uh, if you could, if you could pick one main message that you would just deliver to the world, you know, what would that be uh, behind, you know, you as a person? What's your main message? Yeah. Um. Oh gosh, there's probably a few. <laughs> um. You know, it's never too late to start, and there's never going to be a perfect time to start. It's a bit of an oxymoron, I think. But you know, I. I really started seriously on my journey at 35 years old and I'm still going at 43. I've just started a business, you know, there's, and it's never a perfect time. There's always stuff in life. There's always going to be stuff that, you know, you can use it as an excuse or you can just take one step forward and, you know, do a little bit more than you did yesterday and measure and celebrate and recognize your daily successes because they are success success is not when you get to the end goal success is every single day that you do just a little bit better than you did yesterday and you know you can't mess it up you can't mess it up unless you quit those little successes that are really what that journey is is success right it's not a destination we've talked about this in other episodes where it really is just the progressive realization of a worthy ideal and that's a quote you know I um, I don't recall off the top of my head but uh, that's not from me but um, that that is powerful right and it's it's those little things that make a difference and quitting is the only way that you Mm -hmm. will actually fail yeah absolutely and I think so many people are you know we're hard on ourselves these days we have a lot of demands and uh, we are generally as human beings focused on the goal. And I think if we can learn to appreciate that it really is a journey that doesn't have an end date, and if we can exercise patience around that and find ways to enjoy it, then, you know, that long-term success is easy and enjoyable. And that, that's ultimately going to lead to the happiness that, that we're going to be able to have throughout mm-hmm. that whole journey. Yeah, I really like the way that, that this kind of unfolded. I, I do want to have you share with everyone how they can get in touch with you because I know you do online coaching and some of the things that you've talked about today might inspire someone to reach out um, because they might feel like you're a good fit for them. Uh, but where can people reach you? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. If You can find me on Instagram at Nicole Tovey. It's my name spelled N-I-C-O-L-E-T-O-V-E-Y underscore fit life or on facebook it's nicole tovey fit life or my email is nicole tovey at gmail.com perfect I'll, I'll go ahead and put those in the 
the uh, show description so people can find that easily. Now, as far as the coaching is concerned, they just reach out to you and that's something you work out through there. Do you have a, a website? Perhaps they can see what kind of plans you have. Um, yeah, so my my application form is in a link on my bios on both my IG and my Facebook pages. Or, you know, if people just DM, uh, email me, then I can send that link on over. Um, my program is 100% online. So I'll just give you a really brief rundown of what it involves. We I do customized. Everything is 100% customized. Um, I teach teach people how to integrate healthy eating into their lifestyle so that they can still have that glass of wine on a Friday night, still have the pizza and ice cream with the kids. You know, it's flexible dieting. If people are familiar with that term out there is what I teach. So focusing on whole nutritious foods, but with the wiggle room to have the fun stuff as well. Um, so I do customized workout programs. Now they can either be in a gym or they can be at home. Um, a lot of my clients actually have home gyms or just need to do, uh, you know, getting started with uh, a fitness regime. And so they're looking for things that they can do at home. So I can do anything that suits a client's lifestyle. And, you know, I do check-ins weekly so that we can make adjustments and, um, and check on how things are going, looking at things like I've been talking about today. So things like, you know, stress, the other factors that are going on in your life, you know, how's your sleep, how's things going with work, because all of those have such a massive impact on our progress. So that's what um, a general nutshell of what the program involves. I just, I don't have different packages at this point in time, but I do tailor them to uh, people's needs. So usually the best thing is to jump on the phone and I have a chat with people and see what they're actually looking for and how I can help. Okay, perfect. And that's good. I'm, I'm glad you went through that because that's not something that um, I was actually thinking of asking, but I, I really like being able <laughs> to share that because uh, it does show people exactly what you're able to offer them, that everything's customizable. So I'd just like to invite anybody who is interested or, you know, has even enjoyed listening to this conversation uh, to go ahead and check your information out on Instagram or through Facebook, because I definitely feel like you have a very good background um, and a good experience that can help people be able to change their lives. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah, of course. And I really appreciate you coming on today. I know that you've got a busy schedule. Again, we've talked about that, but uh, this has definitely been great. And I hope that uh, people will be able to listen to this and be able to obtain as much as I did out of this conversation. And I just want to thank you again for your time. Yeah, thank you. And thanks to everybody out there listening, whether you're driving, working out, cooking. <laughs> it's been nice chatting. Thanks. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the John Barker Fitness Podcast. I hope you enjoyed Nicole's message and I thoroughly enjoyed having this conversation with her and hope that you were able to get as much out of it as I was. Her contact information will be below in the show notes. Also, if you do like this show, please subscribe and share this episode with your friends. And don't forget to check out our affiliates because your purchases through those links do help me get a small commission, which help this show, help my website, and help me be able to produce the best content for you. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.